Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to Wealth Wednesday, a new weekly show released every single Wednesday where we will be focusing on, uh, you know, trending topics, trending news from a Latino's perspective. And today we're diving into some pretty good topics. We're diving into uh, number one, how to attract the things that you want in life and how to live the life that you want to live. We're also going to be talking about UPS and the Teamster Union. They recently just reached an agreement to raise wages for workers that are are, are at uh, UPS right now. So pretty interesting stuff. And we're also going to talk about the current state of Latino entrepreneurship. Um, there was an article that just came out and they they highlighted like seven different points that, um, you know, good, some positive, some negative uh, from, from a recent survey. So we're going to take out a couple of those points and, you know, discuss them. But with that being said, Jeremiah, how you doing today, bro? I'm blessed, bro. Blessed, man. It's, it's uh, Wealth Wednesday, you know, so we got people that are tuning in and just want to say off top, I'm feeling good, but I appreciate everybody that tunes in. Everyone mm-hmm. that shares, everyone that likes, subscribes. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. And um, yeah, we, we we appreciate you guys a lot. So with that being said, if you could do us a huge favor and share this episode with at least three people that needs to hear this information, we say it every week because it's very, very important information. It's very important that we keep our community educated, right? I was just having a conversation with somebody and I was like, yo, it is so hard to find like positive news about our community out there. Like Jeremiah, you know, we're, we're searching and trying to find articles to review and whatnot. And it's tough. <laughs> it's tough out here. So we're doing our part in, in highlighting, you know, the positive things that are going on in our community and things that are related to business and entrepreneurship. And you do not you tell me a platform that's doing that for the Latinos. So uh, go ahead and share this episode with at least three people and let's, let's get into it today. So with that being said, I mentioned the first thing that we wanted to talk about today is attracting the things that you want in life or attracting the life that you want. And this is a, a conversation that Jeremiah and, ha- and I have had off camera and he's mentioned he has experience with like, yo, manifesting different things in his life. So I really want to have a conversation on what what does it even mean to manifest the things in your life? It, it sounds like some spiritual, like voodoo type stuff. Uh, that's not the case here. But Jeremiah, talk to us about your experience with, you know, just attracting the things that you want in life, manifesting the things that you want to happen. Appreciate it, Chris. So honestly, I have some points and there's seven points that we're going to talk about but i just want to talk about myself started off like the things that i've experienced and maybe give you know some relatability to some people and hopefully Mm -hmm. they can feel it if anybody's ever been in tough situations have you ever had uh you know maybe some some circumstances that maybe even you don't have control of just the way you grew up the way things happen but then you know you have that strong belief system and you just know when you just feel it that you're going to be in a better position and you just know if you put forth the effort and you keep believing, then things are going to turn out. Well, I'm a prime example of that. As we've spoken on before, if you guys have ever seen my interview with Chris initially, how we got started, 
um, mm-hmm. on the ladder of the Friday interviews, right? Which, by the way, make sure you plug it into those, you know, great mm-hmm. interviews. But that's how we got started. And if you ever watch that, then you'll hear my story that I didn't grow up in the best of circumstances. And so I grew up in a very uh, drug infested, blah, 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 right? That background. And so just to say that there wasn't a lot of positive energy and there wasn't a lot of affirmations or people telling me that I could do anything. And But I did believe it. I saw things and I knew that I wanted things. So what I started doing is even at a young age, you know, getting uh, poster boards and and Mm. cutting things out and posting it Mm -hmm. on there. I never knew it was a vision board. I didn't even know what it was called. I just did it because that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to see myself in those things. And I would sit and just imagine myself driving a nice car. I would see myself in the house on the hill. I would see myself with a beautiful wife and children, all these things. And today, to date, all of those things have occurred. But it's not just because obviously I just because I sat thought about it like, no, right. I had to put forth the work and stuff as well. So, Chris, I think in so many cases, a lot of times um, people get caught up in the like you said, the hoodoo, like the voodoo mm-hmm. stuff, like, mm-hmm. oh, ooh, like, oh, let me sit and think about it. And I can with my right. mind power. And I'll eat. yes, that that's 100 percent true. But let's be realistic and say that, you know, you got to put in the work, too. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't know how you feel about that, Chris. Does that make sense? I got seven points, but I want to ask, like, does that, like, do you think people get caught up in the whole, like, mysticism of it, but they're not really looking at the practical steps to to get there? A hundred percent. I'm a firm believer, and I'll let you hit hit on those seven points. I'm a firm believer. If you can think of something, then you can do it. Like, if, if you have the creativity to think about it in your mind, whatever it is, I believe that's God telling you like, yo, this is something you can do. This is, you can potentially hit this level or whatever the case is. That's my belief. Now, like Jeremiah said, you're not going to just sit there and manifest a million dollars or a number one podcast by just sitting on the couch. No way. And with, with, with that being said, in the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. You got to put the work in, you got to take them steps. And what we're not, suggesting that you got to conquer Mount Everest right now, we said you got to take the steps one step at a time. So I agree with you. And I think that, you know, there's people out there that definitely get caught up in that. Um, But, you know, if you do have the mentality of like, yo, I have like these visions and these thoughts of doing phenomenal things. To me, that is an opportunity for you to act on those things and actually make them come true. Make them come to the physical reality. You said make them come to the physical reality. So that's yeah. something that people really got to focus on, man. You know, mm. it's not just so much of what you think. Like, yes, obviously, you want to think it in your mind. There's an idea, right? There's a spark. Mm. You say, I want to do this. Or you see something that you want, and then you internalize it, right, into your mm. spirit. But then you have to go and you have to manifest and put forth the work possible. So mm-hmm. number one thing, I'm going to give you guys seven tips. Write them down. Good. Keep them. Hopefully, this helps you out. But number one is set clear intentions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure that you are very clear, crystal clear on everything that it is that you want. Be specific. Be clear. Don't let it be vague. Ah, maybe I kind of want no. Be clear. Know exactly the color. If you want that car, what color do you want? What color mm-hmm. leather is going to be on the side of it? Right? Is stick shift? Is it automatic? Is it what, what type of rims comes on? Like all these different things. Be specific with what you want, with your manifestations. Mm-hmm. Number two is you have to visualize it. Once you're clear and you know what it is, you know the way you want it. Visualize yourself in that thing. If it's a car, visualize yourself driving that car. Like I literally mm-hmm. just closed my eyes right now and I can see myself, right? There's that 
whatever it is, it's, it's that uterus, it's that, I don't care if it's a Camry. See yourself in it and imagine the color. Feel yourself holding the wheel. Do that, right? That's visualization. Whatever it is, it's, if it's that house, see yourself walking to the house with the double spiral staircase, mm. whatever that is. Visualize mm. it. Number three is positive affirmations. You tell mm. yourself and call out loud that you're going to achieve these things. And you say, I am grateful. I'm happy that I just blah, 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 that I just walked into my brand new house, that I just deposited $50,000 into my bank account today, and I make $100,000 this week. Whatever it is, you have to create those positive affirmations. Say them out loud, right? Number four is having a spirit of gratitude. Mm. You want to make sure that before, right? So the 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 preeminent thing before of what the seed that creates whatever comes after, which is the manifestation, is you already being happy for it. You have to move mm. in that spirit that you're already, you already have gratitude, that you're already feeling it. You're happy for it already, right? So that's going to open the doors for it to come in. And then the next thing is number five would be believe and trust. Believe in what it is that you just stated, the process that you just created, and trust that it's going to happen. Trust yourself. Trust in your feeling. Trust and believe you. I'm not telling religiously, however, whatever you believe in, believe in it, though, and trust that it's going to happen. Mm. It's the universe, make sure the universe has God, make sure, you know, so trust that it's going to happen. Number six is take inspired action. That's when we said you got to get up and you got to move. Create mm. that plan, right? Go and take the necessary steps. If you said you're going to have $100,000 in a week, well, unless you're winning the lottery, what do you have to do? You have to go and create a business. So what is that idea and how are you going to cultivate that? How are you going to market it? How are you going to do those things? Take those steps, go and create. Number seven, and lastly, this is the last point, stay patient. And so many times we say we want it in our time, right? We were just speaking about delayed gratification. This is how everything ties together. You see the way we're building it, right? And so you want to go and you want to have something come instantly, but maybe that's not good for you. Maybe this isn't the timing for it to occur because you have to wait and build yourself until you've developed as the person enough to handle whatever blessing it is that is getting bestowed upon you. So stay patient. So those are the seven steps. Don't want to throw you to death, but hopefully those seven things are some are things. And these are things that I practice. These are things I'm still having to work on. I want you guys to know I'm human. Mm-hmm. Chris is human. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. There's times we have to lean on each other. And I say, hey, Chris, bro, I'm feeling like this. Chris says, hey, bro, go this way. We're mm-hmm. still having to go through these steps and process these things together. And so outside of this, what I'll tell you and the last thing about manifesting, I'll give it back to my man, Chris, so we can get going. But guys, make sure you're in a circle. Chris said this last Ooh. week. Make sure you're in a circle of people right, 100%. that are strong and that support you in your manifestations and support your vision. Right? Because if you're around dream killers, they'll always kill your dreams. And it's not always. long before you'll let your dream die. Mm. That's it, man. So, Chris, what you think, bro? Ooh, I say that's it. I said we. Uh, I'll see y'all next week. <laughs> that's what I'll say about that. Now, that was phenomenal. I love that you gave seven... Very, very practical steps. Like Jeremiah said, we're look actively working on them every single day. Um, you mentioned one of the steps about uh, gratitude. And I mean, that's one of the things I do every single day when I wake up. When I in my car driving to the gym, I have like a list on my phone of things that like I want to bring, like I want to manifest in my life. And some of these things I don't have yet. And I'm speaking to them like I don't have them yet. Does that make sense? So I'm saying, no, 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 no. Repeat it. You don't have them yet. 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 So uh, it takes time. 
you know, so I'm speaking to him like I am a successful podcaster. Right. I am a successful investor and so forth. So forth. I have a whole list that I literally repeat to myself on my way to the gym. By the time I get to the gym, like I'm done, I'm ready to go in there. So I love that you brought that up. And I also love that you brought up vis- visualization because not only you can just sit there and visualize you in that car, but man, go to the, you know what I'm saying? Go to the Tesla dealership and go sit in that car, go test drive it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, go to that open house and act like you have what it takes to purchase his home. Walk in there like God sent you in there. And uh, yes, you may not have it yet, but absolutely like take those steps whether it's like, yo, go eat at a, a, a nice restaurant and get that feeling of like, yo, this yeah. is nice to do this once a month. How do I do this once every week? How do I do this every day? Or if, if that's what you want to do, right? So stepping into maybe that boundary, if it's a little a little uncomfortable to, you know, drive a Lamborghini and, you know, you can't afford it just yet. Um, people may, but they may not know that, right? So I think it makes it that much more powerful if you are physically interacting with that thing and this isn't a you know a thinking until you make it type thing i mean people mm-hmm. understand 100 actual belief system this is you believing uh you know if anybody's watched the secret there's so many different things about the laws of attraction and things like that right but i just want you to understand this isn't a fake it till you make it this is i'm willing to put in the work i believe that it's going to happen but that's inevitable yeah. Like, I'm not faking anything. I know that I'm going to be this. And the only thing between yeah. myself and that person uh, that I dream to be or aspire to be is just time. Mm-hmm. And that time is going to elapse regardless, right? And so mm-hmm. I don't know how much time that is, but I'm going to keep doing those actions and putting forth the effort and the belief and being grat- and being showing that gratitude, right? Just being happy to be alive and to be able to maneuver and mm-hmm. come up with plans and, you know, just happy to be able to do that. So, yeah. And if you're in the science side of it, I would highly recommend you go check out Dr. Andrew Huberman. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But if you go on YouTube, he has so many different videos. Um, He's a neuroscientist and he breaks down like how the law of attraction connects to science and all that. And it's an actual real thing. It's not just the voodoo stuff, the spiritual stuff. It's like an actual thing. So if you're into the science aspect of it, there's a lot of like scientific jargon when he speaks, but it's very interesting to hear like, yo, this, this stuff is real. I love it. Dope. Uh, Moving along, we want to hit on UPS. All right. Yes. The folks that have been delivering your package for many, many years, UPS and Teamsters. So Teamsters is the name of the union that they are associated with and they have reached a tentative agreement um, last Tuesday on a five year labor contract that will raise the base wage of UPS workers. All right. So some quick points before we have a discussion about it. Existing full and part time UPS workers will get a two dollars and seventy five cents per hour raise in 2023. And over the course of five years, they're going to get about seven dollars and fifty cents more per hour. Um, Existing part time workers will be raised immediately to no less than twenty one dollars per hour. Existing part time workers will also receive a forty eight percent average total wage increase over the uh, over the next five years. We just spoke about that. Um, what else? Wage bumps for four time employees will bring the average top rate to forty nine dollars 
an hour. So <clears throat> the reason why they came to this agreement is because, you know, the workers in a nutshell, they weren't having it. They, they wanted some new things, new uh, things implemented into their work environment. And they were actually planning on going on strike one week before they reached an agreement, which would have been very interesting to see. I know actually a lot of the workers, they didn't necessarily want to go on a strike, but they were willing to do it if they had to. So uh, one other thing I'll mention, I don't know if you looked into this, Jeremiah, but the stock dipped the day that they announced that from $190 to $184 that same day. And currently it's hovering around $182 for one stock of UPS. And that's solid because, I mean, all-time highs and stuff like that, people look at that. Uh, the dip is when you buy stuff, but we can get into the actual motivations and the factors that actually cause the dip and whether it's a good dip to actually buy into. Because not all dips are For great sure. to buy into, right? Yeah, we spoke about that last just, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some things are just not uh, something that you actually want to invest in. I mm -hmm. mean... Let's look at this. The Teamsters, you know, they were formed in 1903. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody that knows the, the history behind the Teamsters, you know, Jimmy Hoffa, you, it's a whole bunch of, it's a big whole thing, right? The Teamsters themselves are almost like a mob when it comes mm -hmm. to, they get what they want, basically, right? The Teamsters sure. have been around forever. They support so many, so many things. Um, and I'm glad that it, it that they didn't strike because, mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of the drivers don't want to, but then they would have. Um, but let's talk about the results of it. I'm happy that they did. Happy that they got the deal done. Mm -hmm. Super happy for the drivers and everything that they got some things added or some some additional pay. But I want people to start thinking about the logistical, uh, you know, effects of this uh, this deal happening. What ends up happening is is your postage and shipping goes up. Mm -hmm. People understand that, right? Because they have yeah. to pay the drivers additionally. And so, however many drivers it is, you're going to see that ripple effect throughout the shipping costs logistically companies that send out a large volume of you know cases and boxes and all these things see now usps they're going to have to actually ups they're going to have to sit down and they're going to have to actually look and see what is more affordable so now companies that have maybe just always had that contract with them now you have to sit back and start looking at your logistical overhead mm -hmm. and see you know if you can shave off five ten cents on each box, but you sent out massive amount of boxes, just think about it. It's a massive mm -hmm. amount of money or people start to go toward Amazon. And so I need you to like, think about all the different ramifications of just a shift of just ship uh, paying, you know, drivers additional two bucks. It's more than just paying them the two bucks. You're like, oh, they have surplus, they can pay them. No, but how they do that is, right? Cause that surplus is for the stockholders. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is they go and increase your shipping costs. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm actually super curious to see how this plays out with a lot of the major companies. I know a lot of companies use FedEx and stuff like that, but it, the companies that have these these contracts, I think it'll be interesting because now you start to see some more competition occur. A hundred percent. How do you think it'll affect the job market? So UPS is, is known for hiring, you know, a bunch of people throughout the year and especially during the holidays and whatnot. Sure. If they're raising everybody up by $2.75, are workers going to have to work harder because there's not as many people in there? Like, what what do you think that's going to look like? I believe that that was the trade off, right? So you guys mm -hmm. wanted to get the additional funds, and so when it comes to seasonal um, helpers or temporary staffing, 
it's not going to be as much of that. And so you're mm-hmm. going to have to work longer hours in order to be as efficient or to be more efficient because now if there's added cost to the shipping, right, then what are they saying? They're going to be like, okay, you guys got to work longer. You got to make mm-hmm. this make us more efficient because we're charging more. So we don't want to lose customer base or market share. So I, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a slippery slope. That's why I'm actually super interested because the balance between the amount that you're paid and in the work hours, I'm, I'm, it's going to be, we're coming into that season too, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, yeah, it'll be coming up. So holiday season's coming up. So we'll see. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, I did work at UPS when I was like 21 for the holidays. Oh. Yeah. And it was it was no joke. <laughs> I, I believe it. I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's like, if you know how Amazon is daily, yeah, they're like quotas and all people like that's yeah. how it is. But it's probably like five times that because it's Christmas time and it's just Christmas like, time. Slain. Yeah. 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 And this is, by the way, this is a tentative agreement. So I think they're going to be voting on this from August 2nd to August 22nd. So we'll keep an eye on it, see what happens. Um, I think everybody's pretty confident that's going to go through, um, but very, very interesting stuff here. Oh, for sure. Yep, yep. Uh, with that being said, transitioning into our last topic, which I'm, I'm pretty interested to talk about this, the current state of Latino entrepreneurship. So in February, Stanford Graduate School of Business launched its yearly State of Latino Entrepreneurship Report. And so this report is basically focusing on the the economic impact and challenges that Latinos own business owners face in the United States. Um, So again, we're going to pull out a couple of these. There's seven of them that they hit on. I don't know if we'll have time to hit on all of them. Jeremiah, feel free to pull out any of them if you do. But um, the first one that I wanted to pull out, I think that's the first one on the list, is Latino-owned business owners are growing at a faster rate than white-owned business owners, right? From the year 2007 to 2019, the number of Latino-owned businesses grew by 34%, while white-owned businesses decreased by 7%. So I thought this was really interesting. And they said even, um, yeah, so it's, I thought it was, I thought it was very interesting. The first thing I thought of when I seen those numbers, I thought of it's like that because out of necessity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, you know, white owned business owners, I, I literally thought of like, okay, there's, there's a lot more tech jobs. Um, you know, you got these AI jobs and whatnot. They're getting these roles and they're not having to start their own businesses opposed to Latinos anywhere in America. It's, it's kind of like, yo, we have to sell something. We have to do something or else how are we going to survive? What's happening? Yeah. majority of us are i mean you and i i mean you know if you're if you're from puerto rico you don't have that issue but every other you know uh latin country you know they have that issue you're coming in mm-hmm. as an immigrant so mm-hmm. it's it's difficult man and it's super hard to find jobs and the language barrier sure. is super strong as well so yeah, yeah out of necessity and then population population increase itself true true very true Proportionately, it's just going to link to there being more Latino business owners, right? Because that's this growing group of, you know, demographic in, in the United States. So it, it just stands to reason. 
A hundred percent. And the next one that they pointed out is Latino owned businesses are more likely to seek financial funding compared to white owned businesses. Um, They even said Latino owned businesses are 50 percent more likely to request financing compared to white owned businesses. Again, this we kind of see this. We know this. There's not enough grants. There's not enough resources out there specifically for us. Right. If you look at. Um, there is like a, a monthly, I get like monthly grants that come into my inbox all the time. And a lot of the grants are really general and broad. There's not too many, like there's women owned, there's, there's women owned grants that you can apply at. There's black owned, there's, I think, um, Asian and native Americans and so forth. But when it comes to like Latino opportunities and grants for us, there's very slim picking, very, very slim picking. So, with that being said, now we're competing with everybody. You know, we're competing with a bunch of different white-owned businesses, um, and maybe there's only a couple of us. So it, it's difficult. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's that's different. on the grant side of it. You know, I'm that's sure one side. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say you're right. Like the overall thought process, and then there's the skill set, right? Of even understanding how to write a grant or to apply for a grant, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go and actually know the the different type of channels and who to how to apply for that. So paperwork, if it's in English, think about mm-hmm. that. There's a language barrier even on the paperwork, on the actual application. Sure. So you have no idea how to, you know, thoroughly apply to get that that help. So mm. it's it's rough, man. Different processes all the way through. No, that's very interesting, actually. I didn't think about that. Um, they also mentioned in terms of marketing strategies, Latino owned businesses use a wider array of approaches and social media platform compared to white owned businesses to build awareness and expand their customer base. Now, I don't know if this is a, a negative or a positive. I just feel like, yo, we just doing whatever it takes to get us the customer. Like we we reaching out, we doing everything. We using Pinterest. Uh, Twitter, we using everything to build our brand awareness and find customers and whatnot. Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts about this one? I mean, at the end of the day, anybody's going to do. So if we back it up and we go back two, three hundred years, right? Uh, when you have the Europeans, they were coming and they were settling. At those times, the different groups and different demographics, they were doing the exact same thing. I mean, obviously it's different now because we have internet. But mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of what they were using, propaganda all the various things and ways to do it. So I just see us as being at a, you know, at the point to where, like you said, you got to utilize what you have to utilize. Mm-hmm. If there's two and a half, there's 200, 200 to 300 years, almost 400 years of systems that have already been in place, right? Um, for, you know, our, um, the Caucasian Americans, right? If they already mm-hmm. have a system that's in place, they call it the good old boy system, right? I know mm-hmm. your uncle, your uncle knows me, your uncle knows your cousin, da, 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 yeah. right? And so they just move the money throughout each other. Very so we, we don't have that system established. Maybe in the country that you came from, you did, but probably not, right? Because it, the, the poverty level was crazy. And so you come here for opportunities, and so you don't have that system. No one's offering you that hand to get into a system that's consistently going over. And so you build it. Mm-hmm. That's what I see social media as being. It's a fair playing field, right? It evens mm-hmm. the playing field. This says, there's a niche for me, even if I just go on my country. If I'm mm-hmm. if I'm uh, Hondureño, then mm-hmm. there's you know Catarachos out there that speak my language that talk like me, and I can just market to them. If That's I'm Boricua, then I can go talk to them. Like it doesn't matter what you are. Social media is the 
you know, it levels the playing field. That's what uh-huh. I like about. No, 100%. I will say one thing that a lot of, it's not even Latinos specifically, but a lot of business owners, what they do on social is you ask them, like, who are you marketing to? Who Who is your target audience? And they say, well, everybody. And when you have that mentality of you marketing to everybody or trying to cast everybody in the net, you're going to actually end up capturing nobody. You're, you're going to talk to nobody. Yeah. So just, just the food for thought, you know, if you're a business owner and you have that thought, like, yo, I'm, I'm marketing to everybody, you need to figure out specifically who your target demographic is. Who is that avatar? What does that person look like that shops with you or that that buys your service or whatever the case is? That's very important. The most successful people fully understand that there is always at least 100,000 people that, that are like you. And mm-hmm. they're like, what do you mean? Well, in your demographic, in your niche, even if you just had a group, a niche market of 200,000 people, you're like, there's, you know, 350 million people in the United States, right? But you just need 200,000. If you, mm-hmm. and you're not going to even talk to those 200,000, if you just had a client base of 20,000, dude, you're a millionaire. I promise you. For sure. Like, that's the For thing. Sure. Depending upon the ticket of the item or whatever you're doing, right? The services 100%. you're providing. But I mean, Maxed out 50,000 people, bro. I promise you, you're a millionaire. So you don't even need the millions of people. And so just focus in on what you do well, do it well, and then project it and portray and let people know how well you do it. So then you can attract. And then, like we said, use what we spoke on earlier with the manifestation, manifest your right, mm-hmm. your business being successful. I mm-hmm. love that. Wrapping this thing up, would you agree with the article? They basically said at the end, um, overall, the reports emphasize positive economic growth and resiliency from the Latino community. Would you agree with that? I do agree, because no matter what happens, we're always going to find a way to make it happen. There it is. Um, just flat out. Yep. 100% agree. We will always make it happen. Get okay, what we've done. going to continue to grow. going to continue to push forward. Success levels are going to start to be better. So, you know, as you start to move forward in generations, there'll be more more generations that are here, more generations that are successful. And then we start building and connecting with each other. That's all mm. we needed. So right now, the foundation is being laid. And then and then in the generations that are coming, you'll start to see it connect more. Mm. It'll lay out. Yep. Mm. We coming. Watch out. We coming. Just <laughs> uh, with that being said, another phenomenal episode. All the links to the article will be in the description of this podcast. And also remember, please share this episode with two or three people that needs to hear this conversation. All you got to do is hit those three little dots. If you're listening to on Spotify, Apple, hit that share button on uh, YouTube and share text it to three people, share it on Instagram, whatever you got to do. Let's get this message out to more people. And I think that's it. With, with that being said, it's a Latin Wolf family. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.